Welcome to Passion Life Church. Well, welcome to part two of a series that we've entitled Dreamers. And, you know, can I just be honest with you? I really believe that this is more than just a series that we're going through with our church. I really believe that it's something that God is speaking to you as a part of Passion Life Church. Our church is dreaming, and I want you to be a part of it. And what we're going to find out, is it okay if I give you a little bit of an infomercial about the series uh, Dreamers to Come? You are going to find that that's why it is so important that you are connected to a house of God because our dreams are linked together. And what you're going to find through the Bible, I'm going to show you in scripture some things that how Joseph, as we dive into his life today, his dreams were linked to other people's dreams. And so as we dive in today, I want us to know that God is speaking not only to us as a church, but he's speaking to you individually. Can I hear a good yes today? And what I want to do in this series, I want to speak to the dreamer in you. You know, life can be so full of problems a lot of times that we forget about our dreams. And I think even as a child, growing up, we would dream a lot, a mile, man, a million dreams a minute, right? We would dream about maybe who would we become. We would dream about the career that we would have. We would have dreams, come on ladies, about who we were married even at the age of two, right? You'd dream about who you would marry. Can I ask you a question? How many of you are sitting next to your dream right now? Let me see your, all the couples. You better raise your hand, buddy. Or you're going to be in trouble later, right? She's going to take that remote. I know football started, but you ain't watching today. Let me try that again. I know we're a little slow today, but I, 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 listen, I have the fruit of the spirit called patience and I love you. So let me try that again. All right. How many of you are sitting next to your dream right now? Come on. All right. You should raise your hand, right? Awesome. Great, great, great. How many single people we have in the house? Let me see. Raise your hand. Well, let's keep dreaming. Amen. Come on. Come on. Raise your hand. If you are single, I want want you to put your hand in the air. Put it up. Come on. Come on. All right, guys, look around. Everybody look around. Look, come on. Keep your hand up. I'm trying to help you out in Jesus name. You keep your hand up and let's keep dreaming. (laughs) Some of you like that. Like, I'm coming back to this church. I'm going to get a hookup. That's good. Let God hook you up. It's, it's better. But I think as a child, we, 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 we dream of all these things. But then as we get older, what happens is life can get messy. Anybody's life ever get messy? Life gets messy. It can be painful. Or what happens is, is that things don't work out the way we thought they would work out. Some of us never thought that we would be divorced, right? Some of us, life just didn't go the way we thought. The plan didn't happen the way that we thought it would happen. And you know what I think what happens is that we refuse, or what happens is that instead of being a risk taker, now what we've done is we're just now more realistic about stuff. We're just more realistic about stuff. But Can I just interject? We cannot forget the God factor and what God can do in our lives. And I love what Ephesians chapter two, verse chapter three, verse 20 says. It's been our theme scripture for this series in the message translation. It says this. It says God can do anything. Anybody agree with that? God can do anything. You know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest 
dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working how? Everybody say within me. Within me by his spirit, deeply and gently within us. You know, I have entitled today, today's message, What a Dream Will Do for You. Last week, I talked about why dreams are so important in our lives. But today what I want to do is I want to talk about what a dream will do for you in your life. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 37. And we're going to begin reading in verse two, and we're going to look at Joseph. I love Joseph. Joseph is the dreamer. And one of the things that I love and intrigues me about Joseph's story is that Joseph has a dream, but nothing worked out the way he thought it would work out. But it still worked out. He still had the dream come true. And I got to tell you, that's the God that we serve. God doesn't just tease us with a dream. He wants to see the dream that he gave you come true. But how many of you know we have to cooperate with God? Joseph's going to cooperate with God. He's not going to lose it. He's not going to quit. But what he's going to do is cooperate with God even though things don't work out the way that he thought. Have you found Genesis chapter 37, verse two? It says, these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph being 17 years old. Now, how old is he? He's 17 years old, was, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Belloc and Zelpat, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Verse 3. Now Israel, who was Jacob, his name was, was changed. Now Israel, Jacob is Joseph's father, loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brother saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers. They hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Bow your heads for just a moment. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we thank you that it is life. Speak to us. Inspire us in Jesus name. And everybody said. Amen. I want you to understand this guy named Joseph. Joseph was the 11th son born to Jacob, whose name was uh, changed to Israel. But Jacob was the son of Isaac. Isaac was the son of Abraham. And Joseph was the baby of the family at this time. There would be another son that was born. But come on, can we be honest? How many of you know the babies of the family always get a little more attention, right? Or at least they act. They, they, at least they act like they need more attention once they realize, hey, I'm the baby of the family. And Joseph was the baby of the family. But Joseph has some dynamics in his family, some that were just out of his control, some that he actually, uh, if, if I could say, exacerbated because of the way that he handled things. But how many of you know that's kind of like how life is? There's things in life that you cannot control. Can I hear a good amen? Right? And so there's a couple things that, he couldn't control. He couldn't control the family that he was born into. You've heard the saying, right? You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. And so he comes into this dynamic where he's born and his dad has multiple wives, right? He's the youngest. Now he couldn't control that his dad loved him more. That was out of his control. So that caused problems. See, what I love about this story is you think you have problems? Wait till we look at Joseph's life. 
You think you got stuff going on? When I begin to read about his life, I'm like, oh, this this does not even compare to what Joseph has going on in his life. But what's interesting is that he's got all of these problems. And the Bible says this, that he is 17 years old when God gives him a dream. Now, I, I think one of the things I love about this is that the Bible highlights this, his age, because I think for people, one of the biggest deterrents for their dreams is their age. I've done youth ministry for 20 years and young people will tell you about their dreams, but they really don't value their dreams because they're like, well, they're dreams and I'm 17 years old. But you also talk to older people and older people don't value their dreams either because they're like, you know what? If I was younger, so the older people wish they were younger and the younger people wish they were older. So you're never the right age to dream, but yet God gives him a dream when he was 17. Do you know that Ray Clark, was 54 years old when he left his sales job in Chicago and started an amazing hamburger chain called McDonald's? Do you know that Colonel Sanders was 65 years old when he started Kentucky Fried Chicken? People are still licking their fingers today. My son had Kentucky Fried Chicken (laughs) this week and kids say the funniest thing, he took a piece of the chicken strip and he says, I just had a piece of Kentucky. Dad, I just tasted Kentucky. 65 years old. You know, Moses was 80 years old. You know, Acts chapter 2 verse 17 says this, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Listen, your young men will see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. So when the spirit of God starts moving in your life, one of the ways that he works in your life and speaks to you is through dreams. Because old men aren't usually talking about dreaming. They're talking about buying their boat. They're talking about retirement. You know, what's interesting is that they did studies on people who retire early. And what they have found that people who retire early, usually within three years, their health declines within three years because they're not challenged anymore. They did a study with rats and they took rats and the guy began feeding the rat, just giving the rat food. The rat didn't have to do anything for the food, but just take it, right? Then they had another set of rats and what they did was they put a maze together with the food at the end of the maze. And every time they fed the rat, they had to change the maze. What they found is that the rats that had to go through the maze and get their food lived longer than the rats who were just given the food because the rats who were going through the maze were challenged in their mind moving forward. And so they began to live longer. And so a dream will make you live longer. I don't know if there's really a right age for anything. When we started the church, I had a friend, a good friend who I looked up to mentor and right. I was 41 years old. We started passion life church. He goes, you're too old to start a church. You're too old. And you know what's funny? What's funny to me, and I hear the critics, right? You hear the critics. There are people that think that I'm too old, and then there's people who have walked away from our church because they say I'm too young. What does that guy know? He's got four gray hairs. He's still got hair. What What does he know? 
Is there ever a right age for anything? Come on. That's why you have to dream. And so Joseph is 17 years old when God gives him a life changing dream. And what I want to do is I want to give you today four, what I call the four D's of a dream and what a dream will do for you. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right. Number one, write this down. If you're taking notes, if you're not taking notes, write this down. Number one, a dream will always distinguish you. It'll always distinguish you. When God gives you a dream, it'll cause you to stand out. It'll cause you to be marked by him. Actually, the dream that God gives you will break the mold for your life. It'll cause you to go beyond the status quo. A dream will make you different. It'll make you different than other people. And here's what I know. God has a dream for your life because God has a destiny for your life. And your dream is always a preview of your destiny. It's a glimpse of your destiny. That's why I can boldly say today, you need to have a dream because you have a destiny. But see what the dream will do when God shows you a dream, it'll actually show you what you can do what you can do. Now you may be in a situation even right now where you don't see possibilities. And it's like, well, I can't do this. I can't do that. Well, see, that's why you need a dream because a dream will open up the realm of possibilities of what God can do through you. It will open up your spiritual eyes. Now I want you to understand Joseph has problems, right? In verse three of what we just read, it said, now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age. Commentators believe that this saying right here, the son of his old age means this. It means a wise and prudent son. Now he was born, right? Couldn't control that. He was loved by his father more than all the other kids. Couldn't control that. But now Joseph goes out and he sees his brothers doing some stuff they shouldn't be doing. And he comes back and he tells his dad a bad report. And so the brothers hate him. Now, I want to present to you something, some things that just I believe about this story. Right. I believe that your strengths are always your weaknesses as well. Joseph right? Couldn't control this. His father gives him a robe with patches on it. Now, historians believe that this particular robe came all the way down to his wrist and actually went all the way down to his ankles. And it was full of colors. So he was walking around looking like Elton John. Come on, somebody. He was walking around with this coat of many colors that represented favor. But that's not only what it represented. I want you to hear this. His father saw something in him. Commentators say the son of his old age means a wise and prudent son. Now, I'm going to tell you why the brothers hated him. They hated him because the father loved him more. They hated him because he got this coat. This coat also represented people that wore these kind of coats were rulers, not workers. It's interesting that at 17 years old, his dad sees that he sees that his brothers are not working well. And he goes back and talks to his dad. See, that's the mentality of a manager. 
That's the mentality. See, workers sometimes are, I don't care if I do my job, but managers have a different mentality. They want to make sure things are getting done. And at 17 years old, his gifts are already in operation. And his dad sees that and actually affirms him by putting this coat on of many colors. So the, the workers are looking at their brother who they hate already. He's got a coat on that says he's not going to work. We're going to work. That coat represents a ruler that says he's basically going to rule over us. And they hated him and they hated him. And can I just tell you a dream will distinguish you because in the midst of all of those problems, I want you to listen to this. He has a dream. He has a dream in the middle of the hate in the middle of what's going on with his family, he has a dream. And what distinguishes you will always make you different. But can I tell you what makes you different always sets you up to be disliked. Well, I don't want anyone to not like me. It's impossible. You can never please everyone. I'm just going to be quiet. And I'm not going to say anything because I don't want anyone to dislike you. Well, we don't like you because you don't talk. <laughs> well, I just say what I feel I need to say. We don't like you because you say what you need to say. Well, I'm just going to be different. We don't like you because we're different. Well, I'm just going to be average. We don't like you because you're average. You're never going to please everyone. There's always going to be problems. That's why I think dream problems are the best problems. Because when you have dream problems, the best problems are dream problems because they're problems that are arising from pursuing your dream anyway. If you're going to have problems anyway, I'd rather have dream problems because at least you're pursuing your dream. And all the dreamers said, amen. amen. But you need to understand this in your walk with God. You are distinguished because you are a child of God. I hear people say this all the time. We're all just children of God. No, we're not. We're created by him. But what makes you a child of God is when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and he comes inside your heart. That distinguishes you. And guess what? Maybe you didn't know this, but God puts a spiritual robe on you. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 10 says this, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. See, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he puts a robe of righteousness on you that distinguishes you from other people. Now, everybody look at me because I want to say this with all love. Anybody can be a child of God. You can be. It just takes faith. But I hear people say this all the time, especially people that are angry with God or people that don't believe in God. Well, why doesn't God just do that for everybody? Well, why is God going to do that for everybody when everybody doesn't believe in him? So if you're saying God should do this, then you're admitting that there's a God. The difference between you and me is my faith. And you can have faith too. You can be distinguished and be in a robe of righteousness. And what people don't understand is that we're all God's favorite. We all have his favor on our life and you can have it too. But don't get mad at me because I'm walking in the favor of God when you don't believe what I believe. 
And there are times I've seen the favor of God in my so many times, right? Even this week, we were out at Newport Beach and there was some parking things that we were gonna, we we're actually at Dana Point and we pulled into this thing and there was a parking, you know, gotta pay a parking. And, and my mom's there, she's my witness. Some girl walks up and I thought, okay, they're here to charge us. And she had a ticket in her hand and she says, hey, are you parking here? I said, yeah, I am. I was gonna say, uh, I don't know how much does it cost. Right? That depends if we park here. But I didn't say that. I said, yeah, we're parking. And she says, hey, well, we, we came to this event. We're leaving early. But here's my, my parking ticket. Why don't you just put it inside your, you know, your truck and, just, and that way you don't have to pay. And I said, thank you, God. That's the favor of God. You just saved me money. But see, God will do that for you because you're his child. Wow, why doesn't he just do it for everybody? He does it for everybody who believes. Why is he going to do it for people that don't believe in him? So here's the qualification. You believe. You have faith in God. But I want to tell you that you are distinguished by God. And so God will give you a dream, and that dream will also distinguish you. Now, can I just tell you, God loves everyone, yet he gives us all different destinies. And I know, because I've been in the ministry so long, you think because you look up here, oh, Pastor Phil, that must be the greatest. Hey, it's what God has called me to do. But you know what? You, in your calling, it's amazing. It's, don't de devalue your calling and your destiny just because it's not on a platform. There's a platform that you're on that's different. Can I hear a good amen? But yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. I'm starting to preach good. Come on, somebody. But it's your dream that will distinguish you from everybody else. Now watch this. God made us all. He loves us all, but he made us all unique. He made us all different. Our personalities are different. Can you say a good amen? Not everybody can be the silent but violent. Right? The world would be boring. Your gifts are different. And the dream that God gives you will always go in line with the DNA and talents that he's given you. And that DNA and talent that he's given you distinguishes us from each other. Now, I say that when we talk about dreams, because as, as we have different dreams, can I just tell you, I can dream all day of playing for the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James. Come on, somebody. But I can't dribble. That's a problem. I can dream all day of being in the NBA. But can I tell you, my DNA and talents and giftings, I throw bricks up all the time. Right? That's just not my call. It doesn't make me any less better. It's just my dreams are never going to line up with what is not my DNA and talent. And I say that to say, sometimes we look inside our lives and we don't value our giftings, but you need to know the dream and the destiny that God has for your life is going to go with everything that God has already put in you. So you have what it takes to fulfill the dream that God has for you, but you need to know it's going to distinguish you and make you different like Joseph. Are you glad you came to church this morning? Here's number two of what a dream will do. A dream will drive you. A dream is the reason to get up in the morning, right? To get out of bed. It's going to motivate you. It's going to give you excitement, you know, and, and it's pretty sad because people who are depressed and discouraged are usually people without a dream. They can't see past the present. They can't see past the present, right? 
And your drive will always be consistent with your dream. If I were to evaluate your drive in life, your motivation, right? It's at a two, a three. I would tell you, you probably don't even have a dream to live for anymore. Pastor Phil, why is that so important? Because it's important because if a dream is a preview and picture of your destiny, the reason why you are alive today is to fulfill the destiny and the purpose that God has in your life. So your dreams matter. So if you don't have a dream, you don't have any drive anymore. And I wonder what drives your life. You know, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says this, where there is no vision, people perish. I, I, I did a remix on translations. Uh, this is probably new and groundbreaking, but I took a couple translations of Proverbs 29 and 18, and a couple of them say this, where there is no vision, where there, there's no prophetic insight or direction, people perish. One translation says, when you don't have a prophetic insight, you wander aimlessly through life. When you have no dream, you have no drive. And I wonder today, what drives your life? What drives your life? Well, Pastor Field, got to pay the bills. Got to pay them bills. They keep coming. That's what drives my life. Got to pay them bills. You can pay your bills all your life and never fulfill your dream. Got, and got to go to work and got to pay them bills. And I get it. But, he, well, you know, when I get more money, can I just be honest with you? Statistics say the more money you make, the more money you're going to spend. So you can make more money, spend more money, and still never invest in your dream. And that's the reason why you're alive today. What, what drives you? What drives you? Is it the approval of people? Oh, man, I, I just hope that you know, my boss likes me. I just hope I'll compromise whatever I need to compromise. What, what, what drives you? You're never going to please everybody. You know, the Bible talks about the fear of man is a snare. I, I don't, I don't want to be different, Pastor Phil. I don't want to rock the boat. You know, people aren't going to like me. Well, then you are entrapped in a fear of people. Can I just tell you, the only person I ever want to fear is God. Because people will always try to keep you down. What drives your life? Can I ask you? Is it circumstances? This is why a lot of people, this is why a lot of people abandon their dreams. But Joseph's life really intrigues me because his dream comes true. Yet there's so many things that were totally out of his control and that were driving him. What I mean by driving him is that his brothers actually picked him up and threw him in a pit. His brothers actually put him on Craigslist and sold him. <laughs> Human trafficking sold him into, he couldn't control that. He had a lot of circumstances. Now, I admit, he made some early mistakes talking to his brothers, listen, and telling them the dream. And I don't know how he told them. You know, when you read the Bible, you just have to rely on the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like a text. When somebody sends you a text, right? Before there was emojis, we didn't know how to take this text. Right? You read that, you're like, what do they mean? Oh, the emoji, right? Oh, thanks for the, there's no emojis here. He was talking to his brothers and he said, one day, here's the dream. You are going to bow down to me. And then he had another dream that his dad and everybody was going to bow down to him. I don't know how he spoke that and he probably shouldn't have told him. But can I tell you what I like about Joseph? I like that he's talking about his dreams. Because when I talk to people, they're not talking about their dreams anymore. They're not talking about dreams anymore. They're talking about circumstances. They're talking about situations. They're talking about other people. 
You know, in counseling, I'm going to tell you one of the methods that I use. I think it's a little unorthodox, but sometimes, especially when people get, you know, digging into their problems and, you know, my sister's brother's cousin doesn't like this person. And I go, hey, what? Hey, what's your dream? What, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, what's your dream in life? Well, it's because my brother's sister's cat. Yeah, no, 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 no. What, what, what's your dream? Well, why? Because... If you don't look forward, you're always going to be stuck in the present. And you're so stuck in this because you've lost sight of your dream. This is why all this matters so much, right? Who cares about their cat? You got a dream to live for. You've got a dream to live for. And so Joseph has all of these circumstances. His brothers hate him. I want to remind us something. In all of that, God gives him a dream, right? And that dream is what's going to drive him. But if you're only driven by circumstances, there's going to be a time. I want you to listen. There's going to be a time when your circumstances are inconsistent with your dream. Your circumstances are inconsistent with your dream. Can I just encourage you today? Never allow circumstances to change the dream that God has put in your heart. And listen, when we have circumstances, I'm not up here denying today that we have circumstances. I'm not up here denying that we have mean people in the world. I'm not uh, denying today that these circumstances, when they picked him up and threw him in that pit, I think it hurt more than his feelings. When he was sold into slavery, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to dive into this as we move into the series. But when they sold into slavery, when they sold slaves, slaves were sold naked. They were sold naked in that time. He was put up with people and he was naked, naked. You know what the Bible says? I love it. We're going to talk about it. The Bible says, and the Lord was with him. He was a prosperous man. He's naked, naked. I'm not denying today that circumstances aren't real, but what I'm saying is you have two choices when it comes to circumstances. Either you're going to reduce your dream and your life to your present circumstances, or number two, you're going to believe God that your, your circumstances and your life are going to catch up to the dream that God has for you. But can I just tell you, so many people are shrinking their lives to what they see in the natural, and yet God has a bigger dream for you. Come on, somebody. That's why people get stuck. They get stuck. It's the very reason that God gave you a dream to give you a glimpse of the future promise right in the middle of the problem. Right in the middle. I want to read this how I put it in my notes. Right in the middle of family problems, God gives Joseph a preview of a future promise. Future promise. And people are so stuck in their lives, not because of what they can see. They can see the problems. They can see the drama. Come on, how many of you have drama in your family? And I think that drama hurts the worst. Like we don't care when uh, you know people outside of our family. I mean, that's, they, you know, you don't know me. Oh, but what about the people that do know you? Your family, the people that are closest to you, can be the people that hurt you the worst and the most. And so people get stuck in what they. They, they, they can see. They just see the problems. They see the drama. People are stuck in their lives because they can't see into the future. So they shrink their lives to the size of their circumstances. And people get stuck in the present when they can't see further than their problems 
So the thought is, am I, is this ever going to change? But can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that's why you need a dream. Joseph could have thought all of these things. Is this ever going to change? Are my family ever going to get better? But you know what I love about him? Is that he holds on to the dream because it's the dream that makes you see beyond today. Some of you need to see beyond your present circumstances to the dream that God has for you. Some of you, I know it's tough because you're involved in all the present problems. You need to take your eyes and lift them up and get back and dream again. Can I hear a good amen today? I'm not going to allow circumstances and people to drive me. Listen to this. People are not in control of my destiny. God is. People can control your destiny if you let them. If you let them. But what should be driving us is the dream, the inward motivation that despite the circumstances, you know what? I have a dream. Joseph didn't lose it when the circumstances were contrary and inconsistent with his dreams. He didn't blow up on his brothers, right? He had a character that honored God in the midst of all these things. And I want you to hear this before I go on to the next point. Joseph's brothers could strip him of the coat because that's what they did is they stripped him of that coat to throw him in the pit, but they could strip him of the coat off his back, but they couldn't steal the very dream out of Joseph's heart. And see, for some of us, we've allowed the dream to be stripped from our heart and you need to hold on to the dream that God has for you. Can I just encourage you may have already given up on that dream. But the great news is God hasn't given up on that dream. I said, God hasn't given up on that dream. And a dream will drive you. Number three, what a dream will do is a dream will help you determine your values and your priorities. See, your time goes, what, goes with what you value, goes into what you value. Your money goes into what you value. Your energy goes into what you value. Val and I have to say no to a lot of good things in order to get the best things. But that's how we start to evaluate our priorities. Does this go along with the dream that God has? Can I just tell you what drives me? What drives me is seeing people's lives change. That's always what has been driven, whether it's a young person or an adult, it drives me. I was crying. I was crying like a little baby during Supernatural Lights. Nights, seeing people get up and receiving their healing. And man, that's what drives me. I'll get up in the morning for that, to see lives change. That's what drives me. That's where my money goes. That's where my value goes, because I want to see people's lives change. But here's what you need to know about a God-given dream, is that when God gives you the dream, the dream is not just about you. God-given dreams are always about helping other people. And this is why you can't be a dream killer. When people are sharing their dreams, don't be like Joseph's brothers and be a dream killer because Joseph's brothers didn't even realize that the, jo the dream that Joseph had was for them. That the very dream that Joseph had would save their lives. And here they are being all haters. You don't even know that that dream that you're putting down is going to save your life in the future. Don't be a dream killer. Don't be a dream killer. But you know what? Where are your priorities? Are your priorities going in line with your dream? Huh? 
Are you, are, you, are you spending your money in line with what the dream that God has for you? You know, and I really believe that there's people and you're like, man, Pastor Phil, I'm struggling financially. You're struggling financially. And again, it's not a money problem. It's a priority problem. Your priority is you. But when you make your priority God, listen, because it's not just you that's going to bring the dream to happen or to fulfillment. You're going to need God in there because if God's not in that dream, it's not going to happen. But you can't make you priority number one. God has to be priority number one because he's going to make your dream happen. He can make something happen for you that you could never in a million years make happen for you. Never in a million years. But where are your priorities? A dream will determine your values. Determine your values. Listen, if you're going to have your dream come true, you're going to have to have values. And one of the things that Joseph valued was his relationship with God. There's so many times where the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph. Can I just say this? The Lord was with Joseph, but Joseph was with the Lord. Joseph was with him. You know what? And all of these things that happened, and we're going to go a little more in depth into some of these stories, but Joseph at the end, when the dream happens, because the dream will happen, he talks to his brothers and look what he says in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. It says, but as for you, he's talking to his brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about as it is this day to save many people alive. You know what's pretty amazing about this is that two things. Number one, God did more than Joseph could even imagine with his dream. The dream was that his brothers, listen, and his dad would bow down to Joseph, but never in the dream did it say that he would rule a nation. And you know what? God did even more than Joseph could even think. He didn't just have his brothers and his, his parents bow down. You know what he had? He had a whole nation that he would rule over because God can do more than you can even imagine, think, ask, or dream. But Joseph had values. He had to forgive his brothers. And you know what? You're going to have to have character and values. Now you may look at the dream and go, wow, Pastor Phil, I would never be there. But just know this. God wants you to grow from where you are to where he wants you to be. So we're not to be intimidated by the dream. But I love that Joseph, he forgives his brothers. And he said, look, what you meant for evil can I just ask, can I just say this? You meant it for evil. In other words, I didn't take it as a setback. I took it as a setup. You were setting me up for my dream. And you know what, my church family, this has totally changed my perspective about circumstances and negative people. They didn't, they thought they were setting me back, but in reality, they were setting me up for my dream. Cause I tell you the haters didn't know while they were hating on me, that it caused me to pray more. They were actually setting me up for a better prayer life. Cause I prayed for them. What the haters didn't know is they made me an expert in forgiveness there. 
therapy. Come on, somebody. I'm an expert forgiver because of the haters, right? And you know what they've taught me? Don't be offended anymore. And my life won't be affected by the hate. So I just don't, I choose not to be affected by their hate. Listen, I know you may not like me and I hope you like me for Jesus sake, but if you don't, it's cool. He still loves me. And you know what? You have helped me to have a better love walk with people. So thank you. You thought you were setting me back, but you were actually setting me up. I am more closer to Jesus because of the haters. Thank you for what you've done. You set me up to help me with my dream. And that's what Joseph was saying. You did all these things for evil, but you know what? What you did, you didn't even know, is that you sold me. I was getting closer to Egypt. As you sold me into slavery, I was getting closer to my dream. But here's what he did. He valued the dream. Most people let it go. But he valued the dream. I was telling my mom this morning, Joseph had every right to go cray-cray on them. He did. He had every right after what they did to him. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't treat them like they treated him. And Joseph is a representation, a shadow of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. You see types and shadows of the coming Messiah. And Joseph is one of of those. And I'm just telling you today how you look at your circumstances. Some of them are setting you up, not setting you back, but they're setting you up. Some of you are more strong today because of the things that have happened. Some of you are more strong today, but we need to have values and priorities. That's what a dream will do. Here's the last one for today. Are you glad you came today? Man, this is a good word. I think I'm going to apply to be the pastor of this church. It's pretty interesting though, isn't it? That we're standing here five years in to a dream that me and my wife had a dream of building a church and and you're a part of it because our dreams matter. I can't tell you how many times and please, you don't have, I'm just, I'm just telling you cause it's real. I can't tell you how many times people on our team will text me and they'll say, love the church. Thank you for not quitting because I'm seeing what God's doing in our lives through the church. And I think about, that's why we started. That was the dream that people would realize their dreams. And today we're sitting in part of the dream that God has for our lives. And I'm here to speak to the dreamers to say, if God can do it for us who didn't know anybody in this community, he can do it for you, but you can't give up on the dream. Can't give up. Come on. Are there any dreamers in the house today? And here's the last one. What a dream will do is a dream will lead you to your destiny. See, I, today by awakening the dream, I want you to be reminded that God has a destiny. Despite your age, despite, despite what's going on in your family today, despite the circumstances, I want you to start to dream again. I want you to have a drive again. I want you to start pushing forward to the dream that God has for you. Because ladies and gentlemen, that's the real reason why you're alive. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. 
For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.